Kawhi alone inside. He's got the breakaway with the touch to the right. Go! Official podcast of your Minneapolis City Soccer Club, brought to you by Summit Brewing Company. What is up, you faithful listeners? And for those of you who maybe clicked on the wrong podcast by mistake, please do stay. <laughs> this is the People's Pitch Podcast, the official podcast of your Minneapolis City Soccer Club. I'm your host, John, and that is my partner in crime, Nate Morales. Nate, Hello. things are happening in the soccer ecosystem are you getting the itch that I'm getting that uh, hopefully we didn't share with each other? <laughs> uh, that we're almost in full swing soccer mode here. I don't know. I was thinking about this that, like, I think full on soccer mode runs about one to two months ahead for you because you have to, <laughs> that you have front office stuff to do where you get to see the guys first, you get to try them out, you get to, uh, you get to set your roster. I don't really get the itch until you start announcing the teams, man. Well, like I said, Nate, maybe we're about ready to get in full soccer mode soon. <laughs> it's happening but, for you. <laughs> but today, folks, a great show is afoot. Uh, the college regular season is now over, and with that comes the postseason honors, including so many crows. We will cover that today. And if you heard the news, we have some big organizational changes coming um, that were announced, and we think our guest this week is the right guy to speak to. Yeah, I think so. John, um, so you mentioned the college season is basically over for the majority of schools across the country. Uh, and with that means that uh, you're closing in on the end of what is what has been your epic soccer watch, <laughs> soccer games watch streak. Um, and for that, I, I would like to give you an award for your effort, uh, but I don't have one. So what we really care about is, what we, but what we really care about is how did the city boys do when it comes to being rewarded for how awesome they are at soccer. I feel like Twitter is blowing up every day with news about how great a Minneapolis City NPSL or U23 player has been doing, and I think uh, it's time we cover it all. Well, thank you for the the award, Nate. I the really fake, the appre- fake award. I, I really appreciate. I really appreciate it, even if it was half hearted yeah. to be recognized for the work that I have completed. It's a lot of so, a lot of um, soccer you've watched. Right, exactly, and uh, I, I'm proud to do it, even if it awards, even fake ones, are are not in the question. Uh, but yes, you are correct. It is awards season, and did our guys ever clean up when it comes to hardware? This type of stuff is always great because it recognizes game, but. I must caveat before we get into it that an award or not getting one does not mean that a player did not have a great season um, or playing good soccer, Nate. So yeah, totally. Definitely want some folk because um, you know some names have been left off this list that uh, you might uh, be wondering about, and uh, it's not to say that they aren't good at soccer; they didn't have a good year. Well, absolutely, and I think it's it's a matter of there's only there's only so much recognition to to spread around, and yeah, we can't uh, especially have it all, right? yep, especially when it comes to like you know certain fish that that swim swim in big ponds, you have to truly excel to get an award, and that's that's fine if if you didn't, you're still you're still a okay in my book. And there are some conferences that are a little late to the party, so that haven't maybe, announced yet and things like yep, that. Yep. So we may get more, but let's dive in and give out some props. So, yeah, sure. 
From an NPSL team perspective, we do not have as many college players, Nate, as we did on this team quite a few years ago. Um, you know, when when we started the dream that is Minneapolis City, um, and as the guys from the first group age out, we're starting uh, to see less and less college players um, that are in our ranks because they are graduating and sticking around. Yeah. Uh, but the ones that 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 we do have are really good at soccer, apparently. Um, so starting off uh, with one former crow who stepped away to apply his trade in the PDL last uh, last year, um, he spent two seasons with us, and that's Samuel Ruiz, Ruiz Plaza, who uh, books his second place on the MAC Commonwealth postseason team this year, being named to the first team in his final year at Messiah. Yeah, Samuel um, Samuel's a cool cool story. He's really searched out soccer and and a school with a higher calling between whether it's messiah or the charlotte eagles and it's paid off for him i think um you know he's really played the kind of game that he's wanted to play and the kind of environment that he's wanted to play play in and 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 i give him props for that i really hope to see him train with the team this winter and wherever he's going to end up next summer whether he's playing or not with anyone i'm really confident that he's going to continue to make decisions that uh that are right for his development he is a real good guy and a real good player yeah i i still remember the day we interviewed him for the first time at Messiah, um, when we started up the podcast and he, he's in like a study room in his dorm and some random dude walked in and he's like, Hey, I'm doing a podcast. Get out of here. (laughs) 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 So, so, um, our, our next guy is one that also did not play with us last season, but have confirmed he's coming back for 2019 campaign. And that is everyone's favorite verb, Kevin Hoof. Um, Kevin had a fantastic season at Northern Michigan and finished his career as not only the first ever player signed in program history, but a three-year captain cementing his place in the university's Hall of Fame, certainly in the future, by being named uh, to the first team all-GLIAC conference team. Yeah, I mean, it's a really, um, it's kind of a rare achievement for a guy to be literally the person that a soccer program has been built or built on um and kevin yep. hoof has shared or has that uh has that honor like you said first guy that northern michigan signed to join their soccer program three-year captain this guy's a true gliac legend and i'm really i'm really <laughs> excited to see to see guys getting hoofed all summer uh again it's it's gonna be cool yeah, cool to have him back in the fold Absolutely. I mean, I can hear the citizen you got hoof chant every tackle. Yep. Uh, I, I really can. <laughs> so now on to the guys that were with us. Uh, both of these players were named to the MPSL all-conference and all-region teams after stellar summers, uh, and they both carried that play into being named um, to the first team all-MIAC. Um, so really built on a great summer and continued into their college season. And that is Max Kent out of McAllister mm-hmm. and Will Kidd from St. Thomas. Yeah, man, the Mayak is kind of a big deal around here. Uh, and it's it's amazing that both these guys not only play for us, but both made first team um, while playing for different, very different programs and different styles of play in each of those teams. Uh, Will definitely stepped up this year, this fall, took control as the captain and has led his team into the, into the uh, tournament. Max continued to maraud across the back line. McAllister didn't make the tournament, but that's okay. Um, you know, he still was able to to stand out in his program and in in the conference. Both of them took huge steps this summer, like you mentioned, that really paid off. I know I, I'm I'm sure that big things are coming up for Will this winter and this spring. I can predict that. And Max is going to continue to shut down Mayak <coughs> and NPSL strikers for for a couple years to come yet, which is great. Mm-hmm. John, um, now that we have 
two teams in the club. Those are just kind of the older guys. How about the the fellows on the on the baby crows? I know though that's really where Twitter is blowing up when you look down in into some of these smaller schools and 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 different schools across the Mayak. Well, I'm glad you asked, Nate. Yes, they totally kicked ass yeah. this year. Um, <laughs> keeping with uh, within the Mayak, um, we should just really call it a who's who of guys that are, are crows or guys that will be crows in the future. Yeah. Um, three more guys joined Max and Will in the all-league first team um, for their efforts this fall, and that is Lionel Vang, Arthur Perrins, and Jackson White. And also interesting about Jackson, we mentioned how smart he is uh, a few a few weeks ago, but Jackson was also awarded for what he has done off the field with an almost perfect grade point average of 3.92 that landed him on the all-region academic first team. Oh, wow. So if, if people don't remember, people don't know, you've got uh, Lionel Vang playing for Augsburg, who made the, made the NCAA tournament, right? Arthur Perrins playing for Gustavus, also NCAA tournament bound. And Jackson White, uh, who is Max's teammate on McAllister, if, I, if I'm not mistaken, right? Correct. You so, are I mean, correct. Not only did that guy get pretty good grades, he got pretty good grades at a pretty good school. Um, you know, he's probably studying something super, uh, super cerebral and social yeah. justice but that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's funny because I, I looked up the, both the, the men men and women that made the, the all-region team for the MIAC for um, their, uh, their efforts, and it's all like applied math and the sciences, and I was like, God, that sounds boring. Oh. Uh, <laughs> I'm so glad I went into journalism. <laughs> no shit. <laughs> <laughs> right? Um, uh, but, Nate, the hits just keep on coming. Nate, all three... All three, count them, one, two, three, mm-hmm. of our players that went to Luther College were named to the American Rivers Conference first team. Wow. Um, and that is Ben Keller, uh, Harry Mears, and Aiden O'Driscoll, with Aiden being named the league's Offensive Player of the Year, which is especially impressive seeing <laughs> that he's a defensive center midfielder. That's amazing. So, uh, uh, I mean, he contributed on both sides of the ball for, for the Norse and a, a great way for him to end his college career. Yeah, I mean, I saw, what was down in the water there this year, man? That is amazing. I, I saw that Ben has been scoring quite a lot near the end of the season here, um, really coming mm-hmm. through strong for his team. Like you said, Aiden, somehow uh, offensive player of the year for his entire league uh, from, from a really deep midfield position. Uh, and Harry, too, I'm... Uh, Again, the more we talk about these guys, the more we, um, the more we've seen from how well they've done as they've gone back in college. The more interesting the player mix has become as you start to build this NPL NPSL squad over the winter. Well, and fun fact: the defensive player of the year in the conference was Luke Van Eschen, who was originally in the summer signed or before the summer signed to play on our U23 team as well. But he ended up getting an internship in uh, Decora where his university is and did not come home. Oh. So we could have had another player who we would have inserted right into our roster that had uh, a, a stellar college season. Damn. Um, but last but not least um, from our U23s, Joe's, Joe's Batule was named to the Upper Midwest Athletic Conference first team as a member of North Central College. And this is actually his second time being voted to the first team, Nate. So wow. continuing that success. Yeah, I mean, we, we haven't really seen much of him or heard much of him um, unless you made it out to the U23 games. But hopefully this is an example of City developing a player that shows up strong at school after you know, after performing for the club or, or training with the club all summer. And we'll really come back to the team better for it. I think, you know... 
most of these guys were really excited to see how they've developed. Usually that's that's the case, that guys that are with us one summer, go off to school and come back the next summer, are vastly improved. And uh, hopefully Joe Sway is, is going to be one of them. And fun fact, very topical, Joe Sway was uh, a, a player that we picked up in our open tryout process. Oh, well, speaking of that, open tryout next week, right? Next, the Was it the 15th or the 14th? Uh, the... Next Thursday. Next Thursday, from, the fifteenth. Yeah, next next Thursday. All right. So well, can't can't wait to see what kind of talent you pull out of that one, man. Yeah, maybe some future All Conference members. Our guest tonight was announced this week as the new head coach of the Minneapolis City NPSL team. And although he's got some big shoes to fill, he comes with his own set of bona fides. Matt Van Benskoten spent last, spent last summer as the, uh, the coach of the U23 squad for Minneapolis City. And he's been coaching in both the Bethel and the Fusion systems these last few years as well. Matt, welcome back to the show and congratulations on your promotion, as it were. Thank you very much, Nate. It's, uh, it's good to be back on the Minneapolis City podcast. It's been a few months, so I'm excited to be back. Yeah, do, you, yeah, do you remember what to do? <laughs> uh, I think there was drinking involved last time, so I, I got that. But other than that, I, I, may, I may need you to hold my hand. Perfect. Um, we, we won't run you through uh, the Lupian Automotive world-famous speed round because you've already done one. So we'll, we'll just we'll just talk turkey right away. Yeah. Perfect. I'm cool with that. So, Matt, how <clears> – <throat> How would you sum up your first year coaching in the Minneapolis City system? Like, what are you? What kind of things are you most proud of, and what lessons did you learn that you think you're you're going to take to the NPSL team? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I think overall, it was just it, it was a huge learning experience um, to be around really good players, to see just a level of caliber that's in the NPSL North and the NPSL in general um, is pretty eye opening. You know, playing in the Mayak, we have some very good players obviously but to um you know be be in that environment against really top players is is a lot of fun and, and it's really eye-opening um you know i think the i think the thing that stuck out to me the most last year is just the importance of being able to connect with players um you know i, I think we've all had coaches at some point that we've either loved or hated for different reasons um and i think a big piece of that is you know these guys want to know what coaches have confidence in them and that they support them and, and that they're doing their best to put them in a position to be successful. And um, I think that's a really big thing for any good coach going forward. So Matt, you, you've said it before, um, you know, on the podcast for those listeners who uh, want to hit our archives, you, they can go back, but um, you came on board with us because you valued what we stood for and and what we were going to try to do moving forward. And we've done a lot since you've been involved. Um, <laughs> tell us a bit more about really what made you stick with the Crows, given your new position you're about to embark on as the the team's third head coach. Yeah, um, you know it's it's yeah it's it's a great question, and I you know as I was thinking about kind of going into this season and, and what that looks like you know i i think one of my my biggest messages that i want to continue to convey to the guys and especially the new guys is that this club is something that's really special it's it, it's not just something that we we do because we love it obviously that's a big part of it but it's it's this amazing it's one of the few things that i've ever been involved in in my life where people are truly doing this because they love it like nobody's benefiting it from a monetary standpoint, 
Um, you know, the ultimate goal is to get guys to the next level and give them an opportunity to be seen. And, and even if they're not going to make that next level, just to continue to play because they love it. Um, and it's cool. And I, and I think too, you know, obviously the, the thing that sticks out to me is that it's, it's something that's very authentic that people can see that this is, it's something that's real. It's not fabricated. It's not something that has just been, you know, made because we're bored or whatever, um people really love it and and you know i was i think the thing that stuck out to me last year is you know you see it on twitter you see how invested the fans are but it's it, it's completely different until you're up close and personal and you know i remember sitting on the sideline in ann arbor and we've got a dozen crows fan citizens right behind us cheering us on in, in ann arbor it's like are, are you guys kidding like <laughs> i didn't want to make this trip half it's you know when i was there so but it was it was great and it's it, it really speaks to the testament of kind of what the club is about um everything that people have put into this and, and making it so special and unique so what are some of the challenges you feel you'll face taking over the team that was invincible last season yeah <laughs> Another good question. Uh, they're, um, all, they're all good questions. That's <laughs> why so you guys are the professionals. Um, yeah, no, you know, it's, yeah, it's, it's tough. I think it's, it's, it, I was, I was joking about it with some fans on Twitter um, that as soon as we concede our first goal, there's going to be the Van Binskoten out sign, like the Van <laughs> Um, which is probably to be expected. And I'm okay with that. Um, but you know, I mean, it, you know, it's, it, it, it is a big challenge to just be, to try to build on what we did last season, you know, 2017, it felt like everything went wrong for us. We were scoring goals that weren't counting. We couldn't score goals. We needed to, we're giving up key goals in, in moments. And so I think 2018 was the opposite of that, where it felt like everything was going right. Um, you know, and you look back at some of the goals that were scored, whether it was, Stigward against Dakota, Abdallah against Luth, and and it just felt like everything was going right for us. Um, and, and that's going to be a challenge to continue just the consistency of that with our guys. But I think in the same breath, as I've talked to guys even in the first week here, you know, about kind of going into it, I think the guys are really excited for that. I think they got a taste of success last year, and they're really hungry to continue that. So it'll be a challenge, but I, I think it's going to be – something that we can continue to do and, and be even better than last year. So another good question coming at you here. Uh, so, so you've coached extensively in the youth ranks as well as, you know, in, in college and with you 23s last season, what are the differences that you feel will be presented to you um, when you're coaching now a team full of mostly adults, the guys wearing their big boy pants and it's, it's less guys that are, are closer to the youth side of soccer and more the, the men's side. For sure. No, I, yeah, it's, it's a great question as all of your questions are. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's very different coaching kids than, than coaching adults. Um, kids, you can kind of just say what you want to say and, and they're going to believe it. Uh, adults can, can read through BS pretty quickly. Um, but, you know, I think, but again, going back to my original point with U23s, I think, again, ultimately adults, people want to know that they're valued, they're, you know, people are supporting them. Um, and it's the same thing where I, I think one of the biggest things for us this year and which, which helped us with last year with the U23s was just having open and honest communication about where guys were at. You know, if, if guys are doing well, Hey, I'm absolutely going to be the one to tell you right away. 
if you're struggling with something, we're going to have that conversation. And I think if guys know where they are at and there's no guessing games involved in terms of what the coaches are thinking, um, I think it's a lot easier to be bought in. And, you know, we're not going to have the issues of, you know, kind of not having that, that credibility to be able to coach this, this, these caliber of players. <laughs> so with, with all of that, hopefully returning talent um, across two teams, how are you planning uh, to approach the squad building this off season? I know we got open trial coming up here next week. We're going to start even adding on, adding talent to the, to the club even more. Like what's your, what's your approach going to be knowing that you've got, a glut of uh, really good soccer players that want to want to play in that NPSL squad. Yeah, I I think for going into that with this crew, you know, one of the biggest challenges for lower tier soccer is just you never know like who's going to walk in the door. You never know who's going to be a part of the club. And so again, I think the first step for us, not just for me, but the coaching staff and the front office, is to really again reiterate like, hey, this is about the club. This is about, you know, for the guys who are bought in and want to be here who get it. Um, we have some really good mm-hmm. veterans on the team. You know, Aaron Olsen did a great job. Uh, Matt Elder's coming back. Um, we have guys who have kind of been fire and they know what it takes and, and they're bought in. And so to rely on those guys to be leaders and, and for them to reiterate that message for us from a player's perspective, I think is going to be huge. Um, but, and I think that's something that we can do even better this year. And you know, we, we talk about undefeated. We talk about the brotherhood um, and all these sort of different mantras, but there's, there's a genuineness to it. And I think the, the guys who have been here even longer than I have understand that. And I think they've done a fantastic job of, of building that, that culture that we have. So coaching is your profession. What are your ultimate goals as a coach and how does the new position kind of fit into your career? Yeah. Um, Man, it's uh, you know my my goal is ultimately at some point be head coach in Minneapolis City and and now we're <laughs> check that off the list. Yeah, I've, I've reached I've reached the top of the mountain. Um, that's it. Um, no, I yeah, it's it's really interesting because I think you know last year at this time I, I wasn't even in Minneapolis City. I was just a fan on the sideline enjoying it, and now to be a part of it is is a little bit uh, mind blowing in some ways, but, you know, I think my ultimate goal with coaching is continue to just try to get better and try to learn. And, and I think, you know, it's, I've built a number of really good relationships with a lot of really good coaches um, at the youth ranks. And we have some really good coaches here in Minnesota. Um, And even today I was talking to a few collegiate coaches who are, are, are far better as a coach than I probably will ever be, but just to be able to have conversations with them and ask them questions and learn um, it is awesome. And, and I'm super humbled by that. And it's a privilege to be able to chat with these guys and as they, you know, kind of mentor me in a lot of different ways. So, I mean, honestly, it's, it sounds cliche, but my, my big thing is just to continue to learn and to get better. And, you know, whether that means continuing here, moving on, something like that, you know, whether it's even just youth ranks, um, just to continue to do better um, as a coach and, and try to make players better. So you got street cred now is what you're saying. Yeah. Isn't that, is that network something you didn't have access to at Bethel or what? <laughs> I mean, no, Jeremy, Jeremy's been awesome. And, you know, no, we, we, we were able to kind of, you know, be able to connect with collegiate coaches as well. But I think, 
being in Minneapolis city, there's kind of this respect that goes along with it. Like, you know, Hey, they're not just picking some guy off the street, hopefully. Um, it's, probably to, different. Uh, it's probably different too when you're, when you're not potential competition anymore, when you're actually yeah, allowed to help develop their own like, kids. Right. Exactly. I'm not recruiting against them. I'm not scouting against them. It's, it's, it's a, it's a lot better relationship, I think. Nice. So you talked a little bit about this. You kind of weaved in and out of your your previous answers, but what are you really looking forward to this upcoming season? Um, I'm really excited just to get on the field and to get back with the guys um, and just to see if we can continue that success we had last year because we know that there's potential on this team. There's always been potential on this team. Um but I think ultimately success is about consistency. Um, and I think we can do it. And, and it's just, I, I love that challenge of stepping into a big role and, and saying, hey, last year we were undefeated. Can we continue to do that? Can we get even better? Can we go even farther in the playoffs? Um, I, I just like the challenge. And I think with the guys that are here and on the field and the front office, like we absolutely can do that. So we talked about not having the Lupian Automotive speed round, the world famous speed round. Um, but we're at least going to throw a "Would you rather" question at you. <laughs> oh, man. Go ahead. So, would you rather read minds or predict the future? Ooh. I would rather predict the future. Um, I don't. I don't want to know what people are thinking about me most of the time. Although. <laughs> Um, I would rather predict the future and just very selfishly, I would probably put some large bets on some uh, sports, what I would do. <laughs> yeah, the Biff Tannen approach. It's nice. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, Matt, the next topic is one that is um, is close to your heart, of course. But this <coughs> was announced that starting in 2020, Minneapolis City uh, has been given board approval to add a third team. Uh, the members voted and the board approved. And now we're going to have a third team under the banner of um, a U19 team. So before I get your take on things, Matt, I kind of want John to give everyone a lowdown on really, really what is this? what does it mean to have this newer younger next generation of crows ready to uh ready to launch in, in <clears throat> half uh a great another great question nate yeah um, <laughs> so let me start from the beginning as we identified with the need for the u23 team because there was just so much talent that we mm -hmm. could that we could just not find a home for it um we started from one team and then started the second team to fill that gap then now that we've had two teams, we saw that there was still a gap that needed to be filled. And that was the number of quality players that were aging out of the club experience into our world. Um, and in identifying that, we really did see that there was just an ever-growing list of players that skewed younger. And thus the desire to start that third team was discussed. Um, and with the membership, um, you know, you're a member, Nate, you got the, you got the, the email to vote mm -hmm. on it. Um, and ultimately with board approval, we decided on bringing the team in, in 2020 as the beginning of that, the, the true beginning of that pipeline into what we hope is the ladder um, to the top of American soccer for our players and, and our effort to provide the, these players, as Matt noted, um, with the best possible environment for them to really begin that process, um, you know, of, of climbing that ladder. Yeah, I mean, I think strategically it's really smart because developmentally there is a um, there's a real convenient difference that that 
we're faced with between the U19 and the U23 squad in that there is an infrastructure already built in the area that'll make it easier to create a schedule and make sure that the U19s have games to play and things like that, right? Because MYSA has a U19 level. Correct. Is that where the team is going to slot in? Or are we going to join MYSA at, at that level? Or, or what, what's the plan there? So I I think actually maybe Matt probably has a little bit more insight into this since I don't live in that world. Um, but I know we're we're in we're trying to figure it out uh, as far as where they'll they'll slot in from a league perspective. But Matt Matt, do you have any thoughts on that? Yeah. Um, so it's you know it's as we kind of prepare for this U nineteen thing, like John said, there's clearly a niche and a need for it and even if you kind of look back to like how minneapolis city came about it came about really to try to give college players who are back in minnesota you know a home to play highly competitive soccer during their summer season or during the summer when they weren't playing and i think it's the same thing for the u18s and 19s where having coached that age a couple times and and just seeing players who are in that age it's this weird blend of um, you have players who may be playing collegiate soccer the next year going into their freshman year at college. Um, and you may have a lot of other kids who have loved soccer. It's their last hurrah. And they just they want to do it and play with their friends. And, and, and it's a very mixed bag a lot of times. And so if you're lucky enough to be on a team like Ken Love was at St. Croix last year, that was still very competitive, still um, very bought in and, and engaged to what they were doing. It, it's great. Um, the problem is that's not that's unfortunately not the case for a lot of players. And so what we want to do is just be able to do exactly what we did with the 23s and provide an environment where they're going to have high level training, high level coaching um, and hopefully play some high level games. And so where we end up playing um, is still to be determined. I think ideally we, we don't want to compete against current clubs here in Minnesota. The idea is not to try to take players from them. Um, it's really just here to try to help subsidize the great work that they've been doing in development. Um, again, similar to Ken Love. Ken Love last year played on both his St. Croix team, but also the U23 team. And that was a great fit. Um, and it's the same thing where I don't, I, I don't want to be that club that now we've taken all the best players and then we go in and now we're going to play everybody. I think what we'll probably do, um, is we'll probably do some tournaments both regionally, maybe locally, um, and then maybe, maybe even a few nationally. Um, but I think the key for us is just being able to get these kids in an environment where that's going to set them up to be successful for college, because the, the last thing you want as an incoming freshman in college is to have put all this time and effort and money into to this point. And then that crucial summer right before you start to play, you're not playing in a good level. Um, and again, if you're, you're fortunate enough to find it, which few freshmen are, um, it's great. But for the bulk of kids and players coming out of a U17, U18 high school season, um, they just don't have that opportunity to play really good soccer. So it's, it's, like you said, we're not going to be really necessarily competing against the likes of St. Croix or Blackhawks or or Salvo or whatever is out there. But like at the same time, isn't uh, this U19 squad going to be kind of attractive for those kind of guys to say, I could jump ship, join U19 for my last summer, and that gives me an in next year if I want to join U23 or go NPSL. For sure. For sure. Um, and I think that's where hopefully between 
John and myself and Adam, like I, I want to be very intentional. I think we want to be very intentional on how we work with clubs because, you know, to, to borrow kind of the Portland Timbers model of what they did back in the day. So when they, what they did is they came in and they had their DA program and they created sort of satellite clubs out in Portland where you would have Portland East, Portland West, Portland North, Portland South, which was great. And, and a lot of players were attracted to that. But the problem was, is that it became very split 50-50. So if you weren't in the Portland Timbers, um, if you weren't in their DA, or if you weren't affiliated with one of these four clubs, you were kind of almost opposed to the Timbers, where so much so that they actually, I think their their fan and just revenue in general kind of dwindled a little bit because of that. Um, and, and for us, again, I think we want to be intentional on player development but this is also what's for the betterment of the not only the club but minnesota soccer in general and so you know if we're just trying to poach players and pull players from other clubs um that's not what we want to do um but if you have you know if we work with a doc and you know they have a guy who's really good and they just don't have a team for him minneapolis city 19 is going to be a great fit i think for that so that kind, of, that kind of raises the question, sorry, John, that like there's a chance then that this U19 team will make you, Matt, and you, John, privy to some really unknown or unsung talent around around town, maybe some guys that can't afford to play for a, a DA or maybe can't, don't have the time or never really broke into St. Croix or whatever, but are still really, really good soccer players. Does that position us as even more valuable for college coaches to have a relationship with because then we're possibly a source and a summer home for Minnesota college age talent. I think so. I'll actually, I'll defer to John on that one since he works with the college coaches. <laughs> um, you know, from a, from a college perspective, you know, half of what I do in, in fostering those relationships is keeping my ear to the ground for these coaches because they, they already trust us through the work we've done with their players and, mm -hmm. and they, they trust that we, you know, we're not sending guys back injured nine times out of 10, the guy's coming back better, um, more equipped to handle college soccer. And uh, on the other side of the coin, I do get those, you know, Hey, you know, have you heard of this guy or, um, you know, has, has this guy come in to, to play with you? Or do you know of anyone in this position of need that I have? Because I love players out of Minnesota. Mm -hmm. So I, I, I do think it, it, will, it will kind of continue that growth as a breeding ground for us to be a recruitment source for them even further. Yeah. Mm. I, I think the, I mean, how cool would that scenario be to say like, hey, you know, there's this kid went to you know, went to Minneapolis South, didn't play for, didn't play for anyone, but he's amazing. And we, we found him and he's on the U19 squad. You should give him a look. And now he has a chance to, to go on to a better program or a bigger college program than, than he would have otherwise. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, it, it just gives us more credibility in the, in the soccer world. And, and it continues to speak to our mission that we're trying to provide a, you know, an environment for these kids to grow into men. And then if they want to continue on and they can continue on in, in maybe a pro fashion that we're, we're fostering that growth with our relationships to clubs that are outside of our, our tier in us soccer, whether it be, you know, the, 
you know, the, the PDLs of the world or our USL affiliates or even our connection with Minnesota United. I, I think it's, yeah. I think it definitely is something, but I did have a, a follow-up question. So Matt, you had mentioned that there is a potential that this team would play more tournament style soccer. If that is the case, there's not a league associated with the U19s, at least to start. Could you see right. a situation where, um, where players are playing with, their club teams and then joining the U20 or the U19 team for just these tournaments that they are not going to with their, their clubs. Absolutely. Um, and I think that's again, to really, to really bring it down, it's going to be the situation for each player in each club. Um, you know, I, I, again, I, as, as somebody who works in the club, I'm, I'm very big into being able to cooperate with other clubs. And, and again, because at, at some point this comes back to what is the best thing for this player? Mm-hmm. Um, and again, not to bring it back to Ken Lowe, but I, I think he's a great example where, you know, there were some times he would miss a U23 training so he could go play with his St. Croix team. And that was totally fine. Like that would, those were his boys. That was his team for the past five or six years. And like that, that means something to those kids, especially, you know, for juniors and seniors in high school, like, that's a big deal. Um, yeah. and we want to take away from that. And and if we can supplement that with, you know, good training and the ability to play against the guys you're going to play against in college. Yeah, absolutely. We're, we're all for that. So really the philosophy here is like providing better opportunity really breeds and, and develops breeds and attracts more talent, right? Absolutely. Which then in, in turn, provides more opportunity for other guys, you know, like it just kind of keeps building on itself, hopefully all the way up to the NPSL. And I think, you know, and and I'll say this too. I think one of the things that that city has done well, um, they've done a lot of things well, but I think one of the things that we've done well is I think we've hopefully built a good enough reputation where we're both players, parents, coaches, anybody that we're working with understand that the focal point is, is really about, player development and making them better um, and giving them a good experience because, you know, at, at some point the proof is going to be in the pudding. And and if we're just deceiving people for a financial gain or, or we're just doing it so we can get the best players, that's going to be really apparent really quickly. Um, and at some point, you know, that just, that, that comes out. And for us, our reputation is, is a really big thing because that's the only reason we're going to be successful and be able to, continue to pull in really good players because so much of the players that we've had right now has just been word of mouth. Like, Hey, I got a buddy who played with me at this college and, you know, he didn't have a good experience with this team. Can he come play for us? Uh, you know, I think we, we get those calls and texts and emails probably every other day. And, and <laughs> John, John knows more than I do because he gets them way, way more, but, but, it, but again, I mean, I think that's the biggest compliment we can get as a club to say we're doing the right thing, that we are truly trying to do what is best for these guys. Um, and if we're not the right fit, you know what, we'll, we'll try to find you a place where you can get better um, somewhere else. And, and that's okay because, again, ultimately the goal is to better soccer here in Minnesota and, and better the players that we have and even the players that we don't have. So anyway, so, we can do that. So, so real talk, given how small the soccer community here is in the state of Minnesota, what do you feel is your is the honest opinion that will be coming out of the the circles that exist with us entering their world? Honestly, I, I think there will be some hesitancy. I think there will be some skepticism that will come in with it. 
Um, and, and you know, I, I don't, I, I don't blame clubs or coaches for that because I think it's, while it's getting better, I still think soccer more than any other youth sport is sort of this wild, wild west where it's always been, you know, Hey, can we grab the best kids? How do I recruit this kid? Um, and I think MYSA and, and other youth soccer associations have realized that and done a decent job to try to prevent that from happening, but it's, it's competitive and everybody wants to win and everybody wants to be the best um so i I get it when you have somebody new coming in to your territory you're always going to be a little bit skeptical um but again for us like the 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 point is not to take away from clubs the point is to work with them and and continue to better their players um you know so that again ultimately we go the goal is to make players better long term both you know now and in the future in college whatever um, so, I, so yeah, I think there, it, it'll take a little bit of time, but, you know, just like Minneapolis city took a little bit of time to get their lugs underneath them and going, you know, I think ultimately it, it will be a good thing. And the people that understand it and get it, I think will realize the benefit of it. Yeah. I, I couldn't, I could not agree with you more. It's, it's probably going to, there's probably going to be a lot of, uh, a lot of shut mouths and dirty looks in the beginning. Um, but I think that the, the benefits far outweigh the, uh, the, the negatives. Um, so my last question really is, you know, we, we talked about, you know, using the, the Ken love example, um, the benefits of the, uh, what we've had in the past for the player, um, you know, specifically in that you talked about how these guys have connections to their their club teams they played on for years. But, you know, at that point where they're already in with us and we've been OK with them exploring those options, um, you know, what do you what do you have to say around the benefits of what this means for the future of, say, the NPSL team that you're going to take charge of now? You know, how would. A, starting this U19 team make that team ultimately better outside of the obvious? Yeah. No, I, I think, you know, again, we go back to just club culture and people buying into that. And, and it's it's a very – it's this unique thing. And, and I don't want to say revolutionary, but it's – because it's not revolutionary, but it's, it's very new for U.S. soccer where you don't really see this sort of academy structure – um, you know, New York Red Bulls, I think, is, is a great example. They do it the right way, top to bottom. Um, but, but I think you see the benefit from that in terms of just being able to develop players and, and get them and, and see that. And, you know, I'll use the U23 example. Like, you know, last year, I think we saw the impact the U23 team had. I mean, our, our team went down with so many key injuries. We had McGarity, we had Whitney, we had Marty, we had Ben. We had, like, all of these guys who were injured. And in any other year, like – that would have been catastrophic catastrophic for us. Um, but then you see guys like um, Matt Murakami stepping up. You see Aiden O'Driscoll. You see Lionel Vang. Guys who are part of the U23 team coming in and having an impact because they're in the system. And what, what I really liked about the U23 team, for especially for training sessions, is that it, it elevated the level of competition in, in just in, enormously because guys realized, like, hey, these U23s are hungry, they're good, they want it. And I think it's going to be the same thing with the U19s where it's just going to push them, it's going to push the MPSL guys to get better. It's going to push the U23s to get better because um, they're young and they, they want it. And so I think, you know, long-term, it's going to have a lot of impact for us because it's going to be guys who understand our system, understand what we're about as a club. Um, and, and then they've, you know, 
kind of been able to grow out of the shadows of some of these veterans who have done us such a remarkable remarkable job for them setting a good example so part of it, what, part of what it sounded like also made the club super successful what a lot of the guys talk about as helping to add their success is this idea of like the brotherhood right they were all there for each other week in and week out now imagine what that brotherhood looks like when you've known the guys since you were 19 years old and you've been in the you've been in the system for four or five six years with the same dudes like that brotherhood just gets stronger sure and ready and more like ready for the day that it's time to step up to the npsl it also it also helps the process uh, that every team has of what to do when your players age out Mm-hmm. on the other on the other end of the spectrum and i think that's where you see the debt you see like the the untimely death of lower tier soccer is mm-hmm. you have you know if you take the men's league structure for example you know you have the the tc fires of the world around here or you know it, you move outside of of minnesota and you have you know the you know what the the old Milwaukee Sport Club used to be, where it, there was a great run of four or five years of of adults that were really good at soccer, but then family kicks in or life happens where their job gets more demanding. And I think now, given any other opportunity um, that we've 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 had since we've started, you you see that there is a plan for succession in the future with having this team start now. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And I would even equate it to it's it's very similar to sort of like a college where you have these upperclassmen, you have lower classmen, um, and it's twofold where the upper where the lower classmen are looking up to the upperclassmen and they're leading by example. Um, and they've just kind of continued to set that culture and the best teams are the ones that have have done that really well and have really good leaders in those roles. Um, but I also think too, what it does hopefully for guys who are starting to age out and starting, you know, to kind of get on with their lives and prioritize a little bit more. Um, it, it can still make them feel like, you know, Hey, this is something that you can still be invested in. Like I look at our alumni base that we have for Bethel and it's the first time in seven years, I got to go out and just kind of hang out with guys I played with and coach and, and it was a blast. And, and again, you know, it was frustrating that's not be on the field and not be able to play, but just the camaraderie about, you know, what's still going on, I think is a big thing. And, for us as a club, as we continue to grow, as as some of these guys start to age out, like I absolutely see them continue to be involved in the club, in a coaching role, in administration, or even just being a fan and hanging out. Like that's a big deal, and it's something that they can feel like they're still a part of because they will be a part of that. Yeah, you like can, John mentioned last week, if we can keep this thing going, imagine what it'd be like to just be sitting on the sidelines with an old ass Ben Wexler and Matt Elder and just having beers and shooting the shit and laughing at everything. Exactly. <laughs> right exactly well matt thanks so much for for joining us tonight uh you know congratulations again to your to your promotion to the head coach of the npsl squad definitely looking forward to what next season is bringing and i know it's uh, i know you're super excited for the off season to uh to really get rolling and for the trainings the trials and all that stuff to to uh, to open the door to what what you're trying to accomplish Absolutely. I, I am beyond pumped. I'm super excited. Um, so yeah, I appreciate you guys having me on and uh, looking forward to another great season. 
Yeah, well, that is all for this week, folks. A big thanks again to newly crowned Minneapolis City NPSL coach Matt Van Benskoten for joining us. And as always, thank you to our sponsor, Summit Brewing. Word is that Summit is soon to release their popular winter ale, and uh, it's snowing tonight, so we are totally ready for it. It is one of the best set of suds for those uh, cold, dark days that we have suddenly found ourselves in. Keep a lookout for your local uh, at your local liquor store and your local watering hole for this release and buy it up. Summit Brewing, a more meaningful brew since 1986. If giving back to the community means a lot to you, maybe it is time to give to the club that gives back. Minneapolis City is a 501c3 that provides safe, reliable, and fun environment for young people to play the beautiful game. It's almost time for holiday giving season. Get your tax-deductible gifts in today. Uh, and look for us for look for us playing with kids in parks and community centers all around the city. Memberships are now available for 2019, and they are on sale. Pre-sale, 60 bucks gets you a ticket to every home game. It gets you a fancy new membership scarf and a say in club decisions. Like, hey, if we want to add a new U19 team, for example. Visit mplscitysc.com for more information. And if you want... It's easy to hit us up on Twitter at The People's Pitch or through email at mcscpodcast at gmail.com. We always take questions, comments, and concerns, and we always read them on air. Uh, We love to feature that kind of stuff on on the show. And that is all for this week. Once again, we are going to leave you with the House MC, Miles Stockman-Willis, a.k.a. Malaise, with an original track called When You Fall. I am Nate. That is John. And until next time, just like the GLIAC conference for the past three years, you You got got hoofed. Touches digital, biblical. Tell death, love is unconditional. Is. Telling us we're a team and not two individuals. Dude. For you, I give my spleen, the spiritual and the physical. Love and what is fragile isn't always fixable. Yeah. But I see what's invisible. See it. With facts, visuals. Grab my hand, hold it. We gon' think the unthinkable. I promise we will close that our boat's unsinkable. I promise that I'ma drown in you. Drown. Let you drown in me. me. Reveal the recipe. You, I love to overfeed. I love it. Let's proceed slowly. Slow. Not go bad like moldy. No. Ravioli. Rigatoni, girl, I'm free falling for you. Still, temptation follows free. Just tell me when you fall for me, please. Just tell me when you fall. Free, girl, I'm free falling for you. Still, temptation follows free. Just tell me when you fall for me, please. Just tell me when you fall. Temptation's about to give it, but I'm staying true. If I sin, may I be forgiven for a few. What we got to lose? Nothing. You just gotta listen. listen. Such a good girl. Great. Just made a bad decision. One, one and done. She looking fine. Nothing missing. But got my hands tied like I'm the villain. Evil only swallows pride. But I'm sometimes kidding. Finger liquor kitty. After be the kitten. Cute shit. Kiss me softer than a baby's grip. New sense of high when she bites her lower lip. If she quit, make my heart skip, then snip when we're together. 
together like ice cream mixed with some mint pepper. Shawty had to rescue my respiratory. Yeah. Wants a man who's a man that is mandatory. Only without her off the path like I never met with Dory. Matter. Help her write her story. Take the qualms out her quarry. Uh. Girl, I'm free falling for you. Still, temptation follows free. Just tell me when you fall for me, please. Just tell me when you fall. Girl, I'm free falling for you. Still, temptation follows free. Just tell me when you fall for me, please. Just tell me when you fall. Selfie Thomas as the rollie. Always be my plus one. Shotty is my bogey. In it for the long haul, not for the trophy. Every day, feeling greater than Tony. Falling for her and I think she falling for me too. Falling like two V's, make a double U. Type of dude to build you up and make the rubble move. Type of dude to have my phone out all in front of you. Only cause you got my back. Presence always sets the mood. Never starts any trouble without any proof. No problems if there was, make the puzzle poof. Lap it up. Goofballs, you should see the spoof. Girl, I'm free falling for you. Still, temptation follows free. Just tell me when you fall for me, please. Just tell me when you fall. Free. Girl, I'm free falling for you. Still, temptation follows free.